All right, I will say good morning and a good Chodesh to everyone. Begin by thanking our sponsors, to thank our Tamatora sponsors for, sorry, for the month of Elul. Haba Alinu Litova, to thank Avram and Shindi Kelman for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in memory of their parents. We hope that in the merit of our Tamatora, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the family Einachama. We thank our week of learning sponsors, Shmuel and Shira Artman, for dedicating the Shurim this week in honor of the birth of a baby girl to Jesse and Rivka Mayravitz. And we thank our Dafyomi sponsor this morning, Iris Miller, in honor of Chodesh Elul and Ed's 50th birthday. So if you see, uh, when you see Israel walk in, make sure to, uh, Make sure to wish him a very hearty Mazel Tov. And also, uh, I respond to there's uh, some, some Mazonos for breakfast. And the birthday for after davening. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. to reach beautiful milestones in life. So with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful da ahead of us today. We are, again, it's very exciting because as I mentioned yesterday, is we're going through all the sugis now, the Dalad meaning. Now, the truth is, it would be wonderful to be able to spend a couple of days on each of these sugyas. But what I'll do is, I, I, I sent out you know, the, the Dafyomi pictures. I'll send out also a little bit later on today. This, today we're actually focusing on Hadassim. Today is everything you ever wanted to know about Hadassim. And Merit we're going to focus on today. I'll send out that copy from the Sefer that I quoted to you from yesterday, the Lulu of an Esrik handbook. Although I will tell you it's Kedai. I, I didn't check yesterday if they sell it here locally. But um, I'm sure you can pick up a copy and it's uh, exceptionally Kedai. Small book, Lulav and Asterisk Handbook, put out by Art Scroll, all of the various halachas. So with that, let us begin. Mishnah, today's daf is Lamed Gimel 33. We are picking up at the Mishnah on Lamed Beis, Amid Beis. Hados, Hagozol, Vahayovish Posel. So if you'll notice again, by the way, these Mishnayas stylistically follow the same pattern. So that which we started by Lulav is going to be echoed through the rest of the Dalad Minim as well. So Hados Hagazal Vahayavish. If you have a stolen Hados or a dried up Hados, ultimately again it is possible. It is possible. The Mishnah goes on. What happens if you have a Hados branch? of an Asherah or of an Ernidach. So remember again, Asherah is a particular type of tree which was worshipped for Avodah Or Ernidach is a city where the entire city has worshipped Avodah and therefore has been condemned. Puzzle. Such, an, such a Hados ultimately is going to be puzzle. Niktam Rosho. What happens if the top of the Hados was snipped off? The top of the branch was snipped off. Nifritsu Alav. Or the leaves of the Hados fell off. Or is actually interesting, Hadassim could sprout berries. Could sprout berries. Let's say there are more berries than leaves. Ultimately, again, possible. So we'll say those are three psulim right there. Top of the Hadas is snipped off. Leaves of the Hadas fell off. Or more berries than leaves. All of these are possible. The Miatan Kasher. Now, this is actually very interesting by Hados. So if you have a Hados that has more berries than leaves, ultimately the Hados is possible. But you could remedy the Hados how? By removing the berries. By removing the berries. However, But you can't remove berries on Yamtiv. This is very interesting. Why can't you remove berries on Yamtiv? So we'll discuss why this is. But remember, see, you would think that it's Kotzer. Right, that it's harvesting. It's not harvesting. Why isn't it harvesting? 
Right. It's already detached from the ground. Right? The malacha of Ketzira is okir davar mimakam gidulo, uprooting something from where it grows, assuming that it has the capacity to grow. It's detached from the ground already. It's actually an issue of tikkun mana. It's actually an issue of fixing an item. The act of fixing or rectifying an item on Shabbos or Yom Tiv is a malacha. Rosh Hashanah is a prohibition. The nature of the malacha is subject to some level of dispute. But in any event, so you could remedy it, but you can't remedy it on Yom Tiv. And I will say something interesting over here just specifically about Niktam Rosho. We'll talk about this in the scenario, but I don't want to forget to mention it because it's actually very common. Niktam Rosho, you know, if you notice, by the way, Hadassim, often Hadassim, the upper leaves extend usually above the branch. When it says the top of the hadas was cut off, that's a reference to the branch on top, not a reference to the leaves on top. So if you have leaves that grow above the branch and those leaves are cut, that does not automatically invalidate the hadas. If the top of the branch is cut, that's where you're going to have that. So what we'll see in the Gemara. So turn around bottom. So we'll see first thing we're going to focus on over here is remember the incredibly intriguing part of the Dalid meaning is the fact that with the with the really with the exception of like the Aravas, the Torah is not explicit about what these items are. Right? Kapos tomorrow. See even yesterday again yesterday's daf, Kapos tomorrow, which means the Lulav, which again kind of sounds a little bit explicit because tomorrow means day tree, day palm. But 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 but, but, but Maisa, which part of the day palm we saw was shrouded in Machlokas yesterday's daf. Priates, how do we get to Esrag yet? But already it was alluded to what 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 fruit what fruit is that? What fruit is that? Arve Nachal seems to be a bit more explicit that it's referring to willow branches. So now the Gemara is going to say, by the way, what the the way the Torah refers to uh, to, to Adasim, to what we call myrtle branches, is enough eight avos. Anaf eats avos. So turn Rabbanon. Anaf eats avos. There was a, let's define that term for just a moment. What does it mean? Anaf. Anaf means what? A branch. Eats tree. Avos. What's avos? Now, avos could be ava, like av, thick. Or we're going to see what it means really is, is woven, woven together. Or the truth is, the English word that's often used is plated. P-L-A-I-T-E-D, which is the same idea as woven, which means leaves that are very tight together and one on top of the other. So the Gemara says, so anaf eitzavos, so sha'anafiv chovenes eitzo. It's referring to leaves which cover the branch, or cover, in this case, the stalk. Ve'izahu, what, what is this? Havi'omer zehados. I would say this is a hados. This is what we identify as hadasim. Myrtle branches. Maybe it's an olive branch. But you know, avos vilaka. Olive branches don't have the same level of plating or interwoven kite, right? As, uh, as, as a, uh, it's a new word, by the way, as, as myrtle branches do. Maybe it's referring to a chestnut branch. But you know, enough of same idea. The, the leaves of a chestnut branch do not go ahead and cover the stalk. As much as Ahadas does. Ve'ima, Hirduf, say this is Hirduf, say this is Hirduf. Now, we'll say Rashi points out Hirduf is just the type, Kimin Kaliya Suyan Alav. Rashi doesn't identify what it is. Say it's Hirduf, Amr Abaye, Terachel Darchinon Velaka. We'll say this is beautiful. Abaye says, the ways of the Torah are pleasant, 
and this is lacking. Apparently, the hirduf has some type of thorn-like protrusion. Some type of thorn-like protrusion. So therefore, it can't be that the Torah Kedoshu would tell me to take something that is thorn like Rav Armehacha, Rav says from here, Ha'emes Vashalom Ahevu. The Pasik says literally again, peace, or I should say truth and peace, love one another, come together. Now, interestingly enough, the Hirdof, apparently Rashi points out, has contained some type of poison. This is Machlokis, is it poison for people, is it poison for animals? So ultimately, Rav says it's impossible that the Torah Kedoshua would tell us to take something that is poisonous. We'll say there, there's something very beautiful that's, that's contained in this, which is, remember, the power of the Dalad Minin, the power of the Dalad Minin is that they represent different parts, not just of the body, but different parts of the Jewish persona. Right? If you look at the Dalad Minim, you can see all of the Midos that a Jew is supposed to possess and things that a Jew aren't supposed to possess. And you learn very, many incredible things, like don't be a prickly person. Don't be a prickly person. Don't be a thorny individual, right? You know, we'll say sometimes we're in a bad mood about different things, others are upset about different things. Remember, you know, how you feel on the inside, that's your Roshos Hayochid. That's your Roshos Hayochid. In your Roshos Hayochid, you're entitled to feel however you want. In your Roshos Harabim, which is your face, which is your demeanor, which is your interactions, an obligation to put, a, put, put the right foot forward, put a pleasant countenance, when we interact with the world, when we interact with each other, forging harmonious relationships within our communities, within our people, within the greater world, so incredibly important. The Torah would never tell you to take a prickly hadas because because Kosh Baruch Hu doesn't want us to be a prickly individual. The Torah would never tell you to go out and take something that possesses poison because at the end of the day, Kosh Baruch Hu wants us to be pleasant and good and sweet people. So much about our personalistic success is rooted in the nature of the calming and sweet midos we possess as well. An incredible use. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov Omer, Anaf Eitz Avos, what does Anaf Eitz Avos refer to? Eitz Shetam Eitzo Uperio Shava. It refers to the type of, to the type of branch where ultimately, again, the, the tree and the leaf, or the pre, taste the same. Havi Omer, Zehados. So apparently, again, I guess the myrtle branches, I don't know if you guys you could try this, Right, the, the, the leaf and the branch both have a similar taste. So the Gemara goes right there. Tana, eight avos kasher, v'she'eno avos pasel. Now, say, interestingly enough, therefore for the hadas, it has to have this avos quality, right? The avos quality ultimately is what? Is that plated, woven, woven quality where the leaves literally are one on top. So I'll say, if you notice, by the way, how does this manifest itself? How does this plating manifest itself? When the handos looks the way it does, you really don't see the branch, right? It's closed, it's closed over there. I just want to point out something amazing. You know what, what do the hadasim represent in the body? What do the hadasim represent? The eyes. So I'll say, you know, you know what the incredible message is? It's a din in shmiras ha'inayim. You see the eyes, the way, the way the eyes are situated on the branch is that the eyes cover the branch. So much of success right, with Jewish eyes, is to know when they should be open and to know when they should be closed. What I should be looking at and what I shouldn't be looking at. But it's not just about like looking at 
illicit things. It's also sometimes recognizing that, you know, Rabbi Nachman says, why do we close our eyes when we say Shema? Why do we close our eyes when we say Shema? Because sometimes you see the clearest when your eyes are closed. Because sometimes in life you have to know that what you see is not necessarily the truth. And what you perceive is not necessarily the way things are. So sometimes again in the world of morality, a Jew has to know that sometimes your eyes have to be closed. They can't always be open to everything. And sometimes in life, just recognizing what I see is not necessarily what the real MS is. Sometimes you actually have to keep your eyes closed in order to be able to see the truth in life. An incredible use So the Gemara goes right there. Hechitami avos. What's avos? Armev Yehuda. Behudikami tlasa tlasa tarfi bikina. They both say, here is probably one of the most halachos, important halachos when it comes to adasim. What does it mean that it's avos? It means that there are three leaves which come out of each base. Now the truth is, you could see this picture in the, in the sheet I sent out in yesterday's daf. Yesterday's daf. So it's actually the sheet that's marked Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis. Well, that, that, that's where we are. Lamed Beis, Lamed Beis. So if you notice, it's picture 167. So you see this picture over here of three Hadassim, three leaves coming out of what looks like one base. Three leaves, picture 167, three leaves coming out of one base. Now again, you notice each leaf has its own, has its own, um, I don't know what the proper horticological term is over here, but it has its own zach. You know, it has its own thing that it comes out of, but they're all aligned on the same level. Rav Kahana Marafilu Rav Kahana says, no, even if not all three are coming out exactly on the same level, even two and one, that's picture 168. So if you notice, again, you're seeing 167 and 168, is in 167, all three leaves are exactly aligned. In 168, you have two aligned and one at a little bit of a different, different level. Afilu so listen to this. Ravacha, the son of son of Rava, used to dafka go after this type of hados that didn't have all three leaves aligned, but rather had a two and one setup. Why? Because listen to this. Rav Acha's Rebbe was Rav Kahana. So once Rav Kahana said that such a hados like this, we'll call it the two and one hados. Is kasher. Rav Acha Dafka went after that type of hadas. Amrle Mar Bar Amemar Ravashi, but Mar Bar Mar Bar Amemar said Ravashi. Abba, my father Amemar, lahu hadas lahu hadas lahu hadas shote karile. My father Amemar used to call that type of hadas a hadas shote, a fool hadas. Why? Because just like a fool, Rashi says, just like a fool, a drunk can't walk straight, so too that hadas can't get its act together. Right? It can't get all three leaves on one level. That's called the hadas shota. That's called the fool's hadas. Then I both say, just to point out, this is an incredibly important halach in Hilchos hadasim. We pass in that ideally, you would want a hadas that looks like page 167, uh, picture 167, where all three leaves, all three leaves come out on the same level. What happens if you have this two-in-one setup? So this is a machlokis in halacha, whether or not a two-in-one setup works. We have two leaves coming out of the same level and one at a little bit of a different level. The way the majority of posts can come out is, as long as when you look 
at the three. Because remember, again, the hadasim we use usually have a bank of three leaves. There are hadasim that have more than three leaves. But if you have hadasim that have three leaves at each level, as long as when you look at it, it looks like they're all on the same level, that's kosher. That's kosher. Ideally, you would want that which you have in picture 167, where literally, again, all three are mamish on the same exact level. As long as, but again, if you don't have that, as long as they look on the same level, that's good enough. If, however, you have a situation where there's a discernible difference, two that are clearly on one level, and the third that is just higher or lower, clearly higher or lower, that is called a hadas shota, and such a hadas is not kosher for use for the Dalad meaning. Interesting halacha to know. If the majority of the leaves fell off and some of the leaves remained on, kosher. It's kosher as long as the plating, right? The woven kite remains, remains, remains intact. That makes no sense. Doesn't make any sense. You just told me if the majority of the leaves fall off, if the majority of the fall off, it's kosher, as long as the branch, the handless branch, retained its plating, right? Its wovenness. But I don't say if the majority of the leaves fell off, then how does it maintain its wovenness? To which the Gemara says, Amrabai Meshkachos Lag Tap of Lamin Gimel Baasa Mitzra. So it's very interesting. This can be found in a, what we call a boundary hadas, a hadas that grows on the boundary. So this is interesting. So people sometimes have hadasim and they would use them as boundary markers. Now, interestingly enough, Rashi points out over here, you're usually not planting anything else on the boundary. And therefore, again, the hadas gets the benefit of all of the earth's nutrients, so you would grow some more robust hadasim by the boundary. Those hadasim would often have up to seven leaves on each level, right? Seven leaves on each level. Now, in a case like that, the kaimi shiva shiva, bechad kina, they would sprout seven leaves on each level. The chinatri arba, so if the majority of those leaves fall out, right, which would be four, how many are you left with? So that could be a case, interestingly enough, where what? Where the majority of the leaves fall out, but we'll call the plating, right? The wovenness is still intact. Very interesting. Abai says, Abai says, by the way, we just happen to learn a secondary halacha, which is that you could use a boundary hadas, ultimately, again, for the mitzvah of Lulav and Esther, for, for Oshanus. So Pshita, Gemar says, okay, like what's, what exactly is the Chiddush in that? You might have thought that because it has another name. In other words, we both say, maybe when the Torah says, Anaf eats Avos, it means something that is only known simply as what? As Anaf eats Avos, as a Hadas. But anything that's known as a separate name, perhaps that's not kosher for use. Kamashwan, that's not the case. Kamashwan, even though it has a, a Shem Levi, a nickname, right? Another name, it's still kosher for use. Ve'ima hachinami. So maybe, maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe because it's known not simply as an Asa, but an Asa Mitzrah, as a boundary hados, maybe it's not fit for use. Eitz avos amarachmana mikomachom. The Torah says eitz avos, and therefore again, that term is an inclusive one. Anything that is in the hados family, even if it has another name, like in this case, this hados is not just known as a regular hados, but it's known as what? It's known as what? A boundary hados. Nevertheless, it is kosher for use. Tan Rabbanon, Yavshurov alav vinish arubo shlosha bade alin lachin kosher. 
So I'll say, what happens if the majority of the leaves on the hadlos dried up, but you're left with three badim? Now, I'll say three badim means a bad is like a bank, we'll call it, a bank, right? So remember again, the minimum number of leaves you have in order to satisfy the avos criteria, the plating, right? Or the woven kite criteria is three. Three. That's what you need on level. So now what the Gemara is saying over here is as follows. If the majority of the leaves fell off, but you are left with ultimately what? Shlosha bade alin. Three banks of leaves that are lochen, that are moist. Kosher. And that is true only if what? If halacha lamaisa, it's on the top of the branch. So if you are left with three banks of, of moist leaves on the top of each branch, that is going to be good. Now we'll see the halacha lamaisa, actually how this pans out. We already saw in yesterday's daf that in reality our shiurim is for lulav I need, for lulav I need, for, for tfachim, for Hadassim and Aravos, I need three Tfachim. What essentially we're going to see is for the Hadassim, we'll get to Aravos tomorrow, but at least for Hadassim, you want the majority, you want the majority of that branch covered, plated. Now what that means again for Hadassim is you want the majority of that branch to have the banks of three leaves, ideally, ideally exactly on even, what's the right wording? Um... um on even footing, you know, it's not the right word, footing, you understand, on, on, on an even level with each other, but again, we're talking even if they're not exactly equal, as long as when you look at it, it looks equal, that's going, or it looks the same, that is going to be good enough. Again, we're going to develop this more. Niktam Rosho, what happens if the top of the branch is, is snapped off, right, or is cut off? So the Mishnah said that the particular branch is possible. Tani Ula Barchinina, Niktam Roshova, also Botamra Kasher. Interesting. What happens if the top of the branch is, is cut off and a tamra, I will say tamra literally means a date, sprouts on top. Now, of course, this doesn't literally mean a date. It means some type of bud-like or even fruit-like or berry-like. In other words, if the top of the branch is cut off and something grows there, what the, the Gemara calls a date, a growth, a fruit, a berry, something So then ultimately, again, that'll make the hados kosher. Because we'll say, interestingly enough, apparently, the problem when the top of the branch is snapped off or snipped off is a lack of hider, a lack of beauty. Once something grows back on top there, the hider is restored. So, by Rabbi Yirmiya, Niktam Now, this is a fascinating sugya. Niktam What about the following case? I have my hadas branch. The top of the branch gets snapped off on Erev Yamtiv. And what happens? The, the bud grows back on Yamtiv itself. Is the Handos now kosher for use? Mahu. Yeshti chui eitzel mitzvahs olo. So we'll say this, this becomes now, we've had this sugya before. And I find this so interesting. Yeshti chui eitzel mitzvahs. Which I'll say means what? Means what? When something is rejected, right? Nitcha means rejected, set aside. When something is rejected from mitzvah use, is that rejection permanent? Or do we say once the qualifying factor that created that rejection kite is removed, that the item is once again reinstated for use? That's the shaila of Yesh Dichui Eitzel Look at Rashi just a moment. Yesh Dichui Eitzel Mitzvahs. Kilomar Nohages Taras Dichui Eitzel Mitzvahs. Keshem Shenohages Eitzel Karbanas. Vimnira Venitcha Mishen Ishchita. 
Amris Yitcha, the Sulo Hadr Chazi. Hachinani Hov Nitcha, Kishenikdam Sulo Hadr Mechsi, Bali Astamra, Vashtalo Daik, Bain Dachi Mekarbos, and listen to this. Where does everyone agree that Dichui applies? Interestingly enough, in the realm of Karbanas. So, for example, if you have a carbon that was shechted, and that carbon became disqualified for whatever the reason, even if that disqualification is remedied, the carbon does not revert back to its original kosher use. So everyone will agree. Again, we're not talking about a, an animal that was designated and is alive, right? We're talking about an animal that was shechted, it was rejected, and then let's say again it was reinstated to its former state. Once it's nitra, once it's set aside for non-use, that remains its state. So both say, so here's the shayla. What do we say by a hadas? The hadas was disqualified because the top was snipped off on Erev Yamtiv. Now on Yamtiv, the date, well, I'm going to use the word date. The date grows on top of it. Is it set back? Is, is it reinstated for use or not? So the Gemara says, the tiv shot le me hadisnan. Let's go ahead and solve that question from here, from Mishnah. This nan, I'm also listening to this, by Kisi Adam, Kisov, in Iskale, Potter Milachasos. Also, you know that when you shacht a bird, or a chaya, a non-domesticated animal, there is a mitzvah of kisei adam, to cover the blood. Cover the blood. So let's say I shechted, I shechted my non-domesticated animal. I shechted a deer, right? And now what happens? Kiso v'nezgala. I covered the blood, but then the wind blew and uncovered the blood. Pater milachasos. You're not chayiv again to recover it. In other words, once you covered it once, if the wind came along and blew off the, the dirt, you don't have to recover it. What about kiso haruach? What happens if I shechted, and before I got a chance to cover the blood, the wind blew the dirt and went ahead and covered the blood? What happens in that situation? Chayiv lechasos. I am obligated to go out of my way to go ahead and still cover the blood. That's only true of what? If I shechted, the wind blew the dirt onto the blood, and then what? The wind blew the dirt off the blood. Now I'm chayiv still to go ahead and perform the mitzvah of kizui. But if you shecht and the wind blows dirt onto the blood, and what? And what? That dirt is still there. There's no mitzvah of kisoi. There's no mitzvah of kisoi. And we asked about that. Even if the wind, so we'll say, if I shechted and the wind blew the dirt onto the blood, and then the wind blew the dirt off the blood, why am I chayef to go ahead and recover the blood? Why don't we say, once I was unable to perform the mitzvah, once the mitzvah, so to speak, was performed, once it was done, once I was unable to perform it, it should be forever done. In other words, once the blood was covered by the wind, then at the end of the day, isn't, doesn't that obviate the mitzvah? What do you see from here? You see from here that the concept of dichui, what we call mitzvah rejection, is only a din by karbanas, is not a din by mitzvahs. Which Rabbi means as follows, that if halach ha you have a mitzvah, and for some reason something happened which precluded you from performing the mitzvah or, or prevented the mitzvah from being done, if that we'll call it rejection factor is removed, the mitzvah once again is reinstated. Again, so for example, I go ahead, I shecht, I shecht, there's blood, I have to cover the blood, I have to cover the blood, then what happens? The wind comes along, 
blows blows earth onto the blood, the blood is covered, and now the earth goes ahead, and so now I have no mitzvah to perform, obviously the blood is covered. If the wind comes along and then blows off the dirt, now I have the mitzvah of kisei adam, which shows you, that their mitzvahs are not permanently rejected. But say, no, no, no. Rav Papa was actually asking a kasha. Rav Papa actually wasn't sure. Rav Papa was asking, is it clear? Does everyone agree that ain't dichoy eitzamitzus? That mitzus are quote unquote never rejected. Whether that yields a stringency or a leniency, or do we see where misupak and therefore again it will rule lechumra? But not lakula. So we'll say. So, for example, what that means is so, so. The Gemara's Rav Papa wasn't sure. Rav Papa, Rav Papa, well, because he wasn't sure. Maybe what we'll do is, in the case of ultimately, in the case of Kisya Adam, so once the wind comes along and removes the dirt, we'll make you recover it because that's the chumrah. But maybe in the case of the hadas, maybe we say once the top was lopped off, that's it. That had, that hadas is gone. Even if the bud goes ahead and grows back, halacha Once the hadas was set aside for non-use, we don't let you use this. Maybe lekul. Maybe maybe we'll say ain dichoi lechumra, but we won't say lekula. To which the gemara says teku. So I'll say so from Rav Papa. It's not clear. Do we say yesh dichoi eitzel mitzvus or ain dichoi eitzel mitzvus? So we'll say here. This this is a so distinct fundamental machlokes. Fundamental machlokes. At the end of the day. When you are precluded from, see, we'll say there's two parts to this. What we're asking is, once an object becomes set aside and is no longer usable for its intended mitzvah purpose, if the factor which caused it to be set aside is removed, does the item revert back to its original state, or do we say, pretty much, once you are rejected from your particular mitzvah purpose, you are rejected? To which the Gemara says, "Maybe this is Machlokes Tanoim." Listen to this. So the Gemara says, "Avar velikdan pasul." Remember again, if you went to we saw before in the Mishnah that if the Yerhada sprouts too many berries, you can go ahead and, and pick them off, but you can't pick them off on Yamtiv. On Yamtiv, what happens if you picked it up? If you picked it off on Yamtiv, so the Gemara says. Live avar velikdan pasul. The hadas is still going to be pasul. Dibre Rabbi Eliezer. Dibre Rabbi Eliezer Bar Tzadik. Vecham the cham machshir. The cham say ultimately again that Allah Almighty said the hadas will be kosher, even if you went ahead and you did something aser like pick off the berries on yamtiv. So the Gemara says. By the way, Rashi says over here avar velikdan. Rashi says leinave leinave for the leinave hadas. You picked off the berries of the hadas. Shem elubin me'alin v'tinan imiyatan kasher ve'imamatviyantav mishum shvus shedome lemetakin kli umachshiro. What's wrong with picking off the berries on yamtiv? It's tikkun mana. You're fixing something. You're fixing something, and the act of fixing something is resembles a malacha. Okay, so what happened? You're not supposed to do it on yamtiv, but you did it. You did it. Shabbat says it's puzzle. The chachamim say it's kasher. Savrua ducholi amalulav in tzarech eges. So let's analyze this machlokes. Let's assume for a moment everyone agrees that there is no obligation to bind the lulav. So now what that means is to bind the lulav together with the adasim and the aravas. And if you want to say ultimately that there is an obligation to bind it, 
we do not learn out the halachos of lulav from sukkah. The chsiv bay tasa below mina asui. Because we'll say, interestingly enough, we know we learned this extensively that by sukkah there is a mitzvah tasa below mina asui, which means that when you place your schach onto the sukkah. It must be schach that is ready to operate in a kasher capacity. You can't go ahead and put schach in a sukkah on a way where the schach is invalid or the sukkah is invalid, and then ex post facto, you do something afterwards to retroactively make everything kasher. That's called tasav lomina asui. So the Gemara says, my love, what are they arguing about? To one who says that if you picked the berries off on Yom Tiv, the Hadas is possible, he holds because Yesh Tichoi Eitzel Mitzvahs. And the one who says that the, that the Hadas will be kasher holds that what? Eim Tichoi Eitzel Mitzvahs. To which the Everyone agrees that we do not say that an object is forever rejected. What's the Machlokis over here? Here the Machlokis is, we learn out the Halachos of Lulav from Sukkah. One says we learn out Lulav from Sukkah. And therefore again, just like Sukkah has a din of what? Tasa velomina asui. So to Lulav has a din of Tasa velomina asui. Which also means what? Now just understand the mental image over here. You have your, hada, your Lulav, your Hadassim, and your Ravos all bound together. All bound together. There's only one problem. You didn't realize this, but when you put your Hadassim in, they have more berries than leaves. So now what do you want to do? No problem. What do you want to do? Pluck them off. Now it turns out that what? You have made your bundle kosher, but what? Kind of ex post facto. So the Gemara says, one opinion, so, so the opinion, maybe the Machlok is seen, Rebbe Lazar, and the Chachamim, is whether or not you learn out Lula from Sukkah. In other words, is there a din of Tase Velomina Asui by Lulav, just like there is by Sukkah? That's the Machlokis. Another possibility is, if you hold that a lulav has to be bound, everyone will agree that you learn that lulav from sukkah. The truth is, here the machlokis is, does a lulav need to be bound? I will say this is the ongoing machlokis, right? The ongoing machlokis. Is there an obligation to go ahead and bind lulav or not? That's the fundamental. Elul's here. Right, Yom Noram, so Baal here, you know, uh, sometimes the presence of the Baal Tokia does even more than the color of the chauffeur. But, uh, okay, so Gemara says as follows, Disanyo, Lulav bein agud o bein she'eno agud kasher. A Lulav, whether it's bound or it's not bound, is going to be kasher. Rabbi Huda Omer, agud kasher, she'eno agud pasal. Whether ultimately, again, if it's agud, if it's bound, it's kasher. If it's not agud, it's pasal. My time with Rabbi Huda, what's Rabbi Huda's logic? Yalif lekicha lekicha me'agudas ezov. Yehuda learns that interesting from where? From Pesach. From Pesach. They both say it's talking about the Hyssop bundle. Where is, where is there a Hyssop bundle by Pesach? Where is the Hyssop bundle by Pesach? Only by Pesach Mitzrayim. Remember, only by the first Pesach, there was an obligation to go and smear the blood of the current Pesach on the doorpost. But I just want to point out, this is beautiful. Why is this beautiful? Why is this beautiful? It's beautiful because this extends the Gzair Shavav, Tesvav, Tesvav. Remember again, there's already this linkage between Pesach and Sukkis. Chamisha Sar, Chamisha Sar. The teaches me that just like Matzah, the first night of Pesach, is going to be a Daraisa. So too, 
so too, so too, um, so too sukkah on the first night is also going to be a dress. Now we're extending it even more. It says, Ezov, Lakaktem Lochem, Agudas Ezov, a bundle of hyssop. Can't just take one hyssop. First of all, no one ever likes to take one hyssop. Once you get one, you can't stop. Right? You, you take a whole bundle of hyssop by, by the current Pesach. So to what? Just like by the hyssop, it had to be a bundle. So to by lulav, it has to be a bundle as well. Now, what does that mean? Just seeing what we're talking about over here. Everyone is agreeing that when you take your Dalad Minim, how are you taking them? You're taking in your hand the Lulav, the Adas, and the Aravas. What does it mean? Does it, does it require bundling? What it means is do you have to actually have to tie it together or not. That's the Shaila. No one's disagreeing that so you take them together. The Shaila is do you have to bundle them together? So ultimately, again, Rabbi Huda says, yes, we learn it out from the bundle by Karban Pesach. So it's just like over there, like by Hagudas Ezov means a bundle, so too it means a bundle. So the Rabbanon, last little lekicha The Rabbanon don't subscribe to this Gzir Shava. Okay? So we'll say, fundamental machlokis by Lulav. Mantan Lutan Rabbanon, Lulav mitzvah la'agdo. It is a mitzvah to guard and bundle the Lulav. But if you didn't bundle it and you just held everything together, it's still kosher. Whose opinion is this? Money. It can't be Rabbi Huda because Rabbi Huda holds that the mitzvah is to bundle it together. My The Rabbanon say you don't require bundling. Ultimately, again, so what, what does it mean it's a mitzvah? The Olam Rabbanon. Really, this is the Rabbanon. Even the Rabbanon who say you don't have to bundle would say that what? It's a good thing to bundle. Why not? Mishum zekeli va'anvehu. Ultimately, again, I will say, because why? Because bundling the Dalit Minim beautifies the Mitzvah. And I will say, I, I want to I I I devote significant time to this, but I'm just going to tell you this right now. This is how we pass, this is how the Shukhanach passes, Allah Namely, that if you did not bundle the Dalit Minim together, and you just took everything in your hand, you are, you are Yotze, but Hidr Mitzvah says, that you should bundle it. Hidr Mitzvah says you should bundle it. Now, how you should bundle it is an interesting discussion amongst the poskim. So by Ashkenazim, we often use the whole holster contraption. By the Svadim, you'll often find they do not like using this holster contraption, but instead actually just bind the minim together and take the minim by hand. That's a whole further discussion, which in Mirat Hashem we're going to get into when we actually make it to Ahmed Bey's one of these days in Dafyomi. So the Gemara goes right there. Again, I, I just keep, keep that on the list. When, when we do our Halakha Lamaisa Shir, we're Mirat Hashem going to focus on that piece as well. Osher, I just want to point out just how incredible it is, and we really have to go on. You know, we just did on Rosh Chodesh Elul, Aleph Elul, the Machlokes of Yesh Dichoy Eitzel Mitzvah, which is the Machlokes of when something is rejected, does it remain forever in its rejected state? Which I'll say, isn't that the quintessential Shaila of Tshuva? I've done so many things in my year, so many things in my life that would cause me to be rejected from the Ribbon Shalom. That would cause me to be rejected. And so the shaila is, is that rejection something permanent or not? However we, however we go ahead and we rule halachically, one thing is clear, which is hashkafically, we hold in dichoy itzel 
There's no such thing as a permanent state of rejection. There's no such thing as a Jew, no matter what I've done or what I haven't done, no matter how severe, never has the shalom a situation where I've done something that causes me to be irreversibly rejected. Tshuva is always possible. Coming home is always possible. Losing myself in the protective embrace of the Ribbon Shalom is always possible. Ein dichui eitzel mitzvahs, ein dichui eitzel a Jew. The Gemara goes weiter. Osha hayu, osha hayu anav of merubin. Or if there are too many berries, too many berries. Amr of chista, davar zera, bin agadol amru, famakum yeba azro. Rav Chista said, Shabbi Hudanas, he said this thing, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu supports him in it. What is this? That's only true if there are many berries concentrated in one place. In other words, if you have so many berries concentrated in one place, then Kivyochol, you have more berries than leaves. But the berries are all concentrated in one place. But if the berries are diffused along the stalk, even if there are technically more berries than leaves, it doesn't invalidate the Arav, the, the, the Hadas. Amr Rav, Rav says, Amr Beis, Shnai Apostle. No, 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 if you have berries that are different places on the stalk, the, the Hadas is gonna be possible for a different reason. It's called Menumar. I would say Menumar means spotted, spotted. Because it's sprouting berries in different places, it's called Menumar. So, Apostle, Ella Eat Marachi, it merits the Shem say, O Shayo, I love Merume, I love Apostle. If there are more berries than leaves, the Hadas will be Apostle. Amr of Chista, Dabras, Rabbeinu Agadol, Amr of Amakum Yebe Azro. So, Rav Chista said, Rabbeinu Agadol said this, and Kadish Baruch, who should support him in this, Lo Shayo, Ella, Anav Shoros. Oh, what type of berries are problematic? Blackberries. Blackberries. But if the berries are green, they actually don't invalidate the hadas. Shabbos makes sense. If the berries are black, they stand out and are clearly, again, take away from the beauty of the hadas. If it's green berries, they go ahead and they fit with the rest of the hadas. And therefore, even if you have many of those berries, they do not detract from the kashros of the stalk. Incredible. Amra Baba, Adumos Kishkoros Damir. Red berries are like blackberries meaning that the presence of red berries would go ahead and invalidate the hadas. So the Gemara says, Interesting raya. The Gemara brings a raya from Hilchos Nida. Hilchos Nida, we know that red blood is, is dam nida, is nida blood. So the Gemara says, by the way, so is black, so is black, because at the end of the day, black shachar is adam mushalaka. Black and red are considered to be in halacha, the same family. Literally, black blood is red blood that laka, that was afflicted. So again, the Gemara is just making, just making the same equation from red to black by nida, is the same halacha with red to black by the berries of the hadas. Good. Imiyatad kasher, if you go went ahead and you diminish the number of berries, Ultimately, again, the hadas will be kasher. So, dematinu emas. When are you diminishing the number of berries? In other words, when, when are you doing that? If you're removing the berries from the branch before you put everything in the bundle, then of course it's going to be kasher. What's the shaila? El de la agde. Oh, no. So, what are you doing? You bundled everything and then you realize what? It's a problem not opening your hadassah until Yom Tiv morning, right? What happens? You realize, I so many berries. You bundled everything. You bundled everything. And now you have to pick off the berries. So the Gemara says, But one second. Oh, and say, now we're back to our sugi of dichui. Once you went ahead and you bundled it and it was set aside for non-use, does the act of removing the berries once the stock has been bundled rectify its, rectify its status? 
Tifshot minei dichui mekar lahave dichui. Ultimately, again, so see from here that what? That just because something was initially rejected doesn't mean it remains forever rejected. And Allah Chalamaisa, once you rectify the berry situation, the hadas is good, even if it was already bundled with the lulav and the aravas. To which the Imran says, no, not necessarily. The olam basr da'agde. The kasavar eget hazmana ba'amahu ve'in ve'ezhu ve'hazmana ba'ama lav klomu. Maybe not. Maybe at the end of the day, the act of bundling the hadas with the lulav and the arava is not the mitzvah, it's the hazmana, it's the preparation. And therefore, again, it's only preparing it for use. But it hasn't been actively used yet. Because it hasn't been actively used, removing the berries any time before active use is going to go ahead and be fine and does not even get into the discussion regarding dichoy or not. So the Gemara says, we'll do one more line then we'll have to stop. And you cannot go ahead and diminish the berries on Yamtiv. However, what happens if you went ahead and you did diminish the berries? What happens then? So kosher, ultimately again, it's kosher. So you know what? We'll have to stop over here. We'll pick up Emirat Sashem at this two dots tomorrow. It's a short daf sometime, sometime soon. Okay, good. Beautiful, beautiful daf together. I'm sorry? I think so, I think so.